Welcome to the ProcureTech podcast, where we aim to excite and inspire you about how technology will shape our profession's future. I'm your host, James Meads, and I worked in corporate procurement for 16 years before starting my own business as a content creator and consultant in the procurement technology space. I'm deeply convinced that procurement must become less technocratic and embrace the entrepreneurial spirit and creativity if we're ever going to shake off our image of being a process-obsessed, box-ticking function. You definitely won't find vanilla content on here, and we're not afraid to tackle some controversial topics and tell it like it really is. So if that's your thing, now let's jump right into this week's episode. Yes, hello, welcome to another episode of the ProcureTech podcast. We are the official podcast of procurementsoftware.site, where if you're looking for a procurement technology solution, you can go onto our website and search over 330 we've got on there now, apply filters depending what you're looking for, and get a short list of solutions in less time than it takes you to boil an egg. No subscriptions, no paywalls, no pay-to-play, just a free, easy-to-use website that anyone on the buy side can access completely free. And my guest today on the podcast is an old-time friend who I've known for probably about three years now, right, Sarah? Uh, she's Chief Marketing Officer of Austin-based Source Day. They're a supply chain software company whose mission is to ensure that manufacturing companies always get their parts on time. A very noble mission indeed, if I do say so myself. Something I can personally relate to as a former direct materials buyer in the automotive industry earlier on in my career before (laughs) the 2008-2009 recession made me realize I wanted to go and work somewhere that was a little bit more <laughs> of a bellwether in terms of uh, in terms of not being exposed to economic shocks. So, Sarah, very warm welcome to the show, Sarah Scudder. Hello. Thank you for having me back. I think I was on, gosh, maybe two years ago, two and a half years ago. Yeah, I was looking actually. You were, you were episode nine of series one, so that must have been sort of spring twenty twenty. How time flies. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. A lot's changed since we did that, hasn't it? So yeah, if you don't mind, I'd like to start actually by just doing a whistle-stop tour of what you've done in your career, because I think your journey will inspire and also pique a lot of our listeners' curiosity about what's possible in terms of some of the more offbeat career paths that one can go down having started out in a in procurement, you know, versus a more traditional procurement career journey. So yeah, do you just want to walk us through what you've done? You started off in marketing procurement. Let's start there. So I was planning to go into fashion. I did runway modeling in high school. Uh, Yes, I'm tall. I'm six foot flat footed. Wow. And I wanted to potentially produce my own fashion shows someday. So I was planning to graduate and go work for some sort of fashion production agency and eventually have my own company. And my senior year in college, I was giving kind of my last hurrah to my sorority. I was president and had finished my year-long term. And we put on a big fundraising event every year for diabetes. That was our global philanthropic organization. 
And my school did a big lip sync contest. And this was an event that my sorority put on every year and all the proceeds went to diabetes research. So I volunteered to co-chair this event. So this was the the second part of my senior year. So I was a, I was getting close to graduation. And I realized that I had to source and procure all these marketing things. And I had no idea how to do this. I, I could barely pronounce or say the word procurement. I didn't know what supply chain was. I didn't really know what purchasing was. So I found through an, an organization that I was involved with at the university, I found this local company that did sourcing and procurement in marketing. So they would source and procure things for people in marketing, whether you needed agencies, an agency, whether you needed contractors, whether you needed print, whether you needed packaging, swag, anything that was marketing related. And I said, well, this is great. I, I can bring them on and outsource all of, all of what I need to them. So I said, hey, I have this event. It's about a three-month project. Is this something you could help with? They said, yes. So they sourced everything I needed that was marketing related for the event. And afterwards, they said, we really, really want to start an internship program. We'd like to have younger people in our company. And oh, by the way, we don't have enough females in our company. Would you be interested in coming to work for us? And in my mind, I'm thinking, I have no interest in going into supply chain and procurement. Absolutely not. But of course, I didn't tell them that. And I spent some more time getting to know the founder and the team. Keep in mind, this was a very, very small local company in Sonoma County. And I did some soul searching as much as a a 20-year-old can do. And I decided that I probably would not thrive working in a very large company. I, I figured my personality and my strengths were probably better suited for a smaller business. So I said, what a great opportunity for me to come into a very small organization, learn every aspect of business, And then that will help me kind of catapult what I want to do next in my career. So I took the job. So I think I graduated on a Friday. I had a girl's road trip the next week. And then I started like a week after graduation. And I was in a sales and marketing role at the company. And I helped them go through kind of a restructure and pivot to becoming a much more software-driven procurement company that basically sold marketing procurement software. So we were selling a tool and system to people working in procurement and or marketing that had large, semi-large marketing spends. And that's where I spent the first part of my career. So I was in a sales... I, I would consider myself... I started out more in a sales than a marketing role. And as I continued to help build the company take us national, I should say, and really carve out some niche industries where we really could excel. I didn't love the aspect of cold calling and cold outreach, where you're randomly reaching out to somebody based on a title, based on as much research you can do, and them not wanting to talk to me. And so I said, well, maybe I can change the narrative and create some reason where they actually want to talk to me. So I did a LinkedIn challenge to myself. And for 90 days, I posted once a day on LinkedIn, 
every single day, including the weekends. And what I found was I had a pretty phenomenal impact and results generated just from those three months where I had people actually reaching out to me, wanting to have a conversation, wanting to talk about marketing procurement versus me reaching out to people that did not want to talk to me. So that was a big turning point in my career because what it did is it made me realize that I actually love marketing and I love brand building. And so at that point, I really pivoted my career and focused on demand gen, pipeline creation, and marketing from there on out. And fast forward, so the company I was at was acquired by a firm in New York that wanted to expand and have a West Coast presence. I stayed on with them a couple of years after the acquisition, pivoted and worked at a couple small startups that were also in marketing procurement, supply chain software. And then a um, friend of mine who has a media company in the industry had a podcast and the CEO and founder of Source Day, Tom Kiley, was a guest on the podcast. And he said, he, he told my friend who was hosting it that he was looking for a CMO. And she said, you know what? Given what I know about you and your team, I think Sarah Scudder would be a perfect fit. So had an outreach. Three months later, I joined Source Day as the chief marketing officer and have been here about a year and eight months. And I'm focused on our, our demand gen go-to-market strategy and, and really educating the market at scale to bring in qualified opportunities for our sales team. That's fantastic. And I have got to say, you have some of the wildest networking skills I know. And indeed, a couple of podcast guests that have come on this show were thanks to Scudder intros. So, uh, so very belated on the air. Thank you for that. But putting that aside... You know, how important has networking been to you in those different jobs that you've and that that you've sort of morphed into and and ultimately ending up at Source Day? It sounds like it's always played a fairly big role. You know, you're very active in sorority at university, which generally requires quite an extrovert personality to to do that. So, how much of that would you attribute to your your success in being able to pivot the career in 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 the direction that you went in? Yeah, so I would say networking is one of the most important things anybody can do for their career, no matter what your profession and no matter what industry. Now, you may think, well, you went into sales, Sarah, so of course you have to network, right? That's part of being in sales. But I would argue no matter what you're doing, prioritizing and making time for networking every single week is one of the most important things you can do for your career development and career growth. And for me, it is what absolutely catapulted my career. By learning how to network, I was the top salesperson every single year when I was in sales at the companies that I worked at. And then when I pivoted into marketing, I leveraged my networking to get us partnerships, to get us introductions to key people for our sales team. I'm also really big on community building. So I host a community meetup group twice a month. I host a podcast. I host a series of shows. And all of those require me to have speakers and guests coming on constantly. And there is no way I would be able to produce the volume of shows and the volume of content that I do without having a network to be able to leverage, to reach out to, to get advice, to get stories, to get feedback, and to be able to secure speakers. So 
absolutely essential. And because of the networking I did, I was introduced to Sarah Barnes Humphrey, who's the CEO and founder of Let's Talk Supply Chain. She is how I met my current boss, the CEO and co-founder of Source Day. So without me networking and knowing her, I would not be at Source Day today. Yeah, Sarah was actually a guest back on series one, one of the earliest, episode six, I think, as well. I have to get her back on, actually. I know she's busy right, right now, but but yeah, I can imagine she has a very wide supply chain network given the popularity of uh, of her show. Yeah, that I mean, that really does echo, you know, just how important it is to, to grow a network beyond your immediate peer group. And having done cold outreach and cold sales. I completely understand why you hated it because I absolutely despise it. You know, generally I'm a a reasonably confident person, I like to think, but I hate having to pitch to people cold. It's horrible. I don't, you know, it's, it's something that as a business owner, you sometimes have to do, but I hate doing it. I would much rather go to someone that I've been that I've been introduced to by a mutual connection or, uh, or that I've met at a conference or something like that. hundred percent. Yeah. So, to pivot this back a little bit to, you know, we are the ProcureTech podcast. I recently did a poll on LinkedIn asking procurement professionals if they would consider working for a procurement tech company. And something like 80% said yes. So it's it's clearly a career path that people are open to, to pivot into uh, for, for whatever reasons. So given your background and the role that you're now doing with a, a procurement tech or supply chain tech scale-up, what tips would you give to someone who is perhaps a little bit burnt out or maybe growing a little bit bored of the day-to-day in the procurement role that they're in, but still really wants to apply the skills that they've gained in the procurement space? You know, they don't want to go and do van life or start a yoga studio. They want to stay in in, in the career space that they've learned, but they're perhaps they've perhaps got itchy feet and and want to make a transition into something that's maybe a bit more progressive, forward-thinking, you know, less bureaucratic. What would you advise them both from a networking perspective, but but also generally in terms of, you know, how can they market themselves to that? Yeah, so I, I'm going to answer this using two real life stories and example of people that I know that have actually pivoted from buy side, meaning they were actually procurement practitioners that now work for tech companies. So the first is Michael, who's actually on our team. He was a buyer in oil and gas in Texas for several years. And he kind of got burnt out of the day-to-day, the very, very high stress. They had a lot of challenges actually with, with, with the solution that we solve for around managing purchase order changes and living his day in spreadsheets to have you know a disaster happen where they don't get a part, they don't get a material always in a fire drill. And he thought, you know, this is really, really stressful. And he wasn't sure how conducive it was going to be long-term, especially someday wanting to start a family. So one of the things that he did is he actually went to work for NetSuite, which is an ERP. And it was an ERP that he had actually had experience with. And what he did was he made himself become a subject matter expert on the NetSuite platform. And then he went out and reached out to NetSuite and built out a business case about why his background, being a buyer, living and breathing the day-to-day problems of the people that they were selling to 
was would would help them and would be important to them. So he was actually hired as a solution consultant for NetSuite and was there for a few years. And then we actually brought him over from NetSuite. NetSuite is an ERP that we integrate and partner with. So my point of telling this story is he started as a buyer, had extensive experience with a specific platform. In this case, it happened to be NetSuite. And he made himself indispensable and a subject matter expert. So NetSuite wanted to hire him and sought out hiring somebody like him. The other person that I'll mention is somebody named NBK. He's a dear friend of mine. He ran procurement for Lululemon in Canada for several years. And they were looking for a business spend management platform, did a a formal RFP process, selection process. He actually decided on Coupa and implemented Coupa at Lululemon. Well, now he is actually the chief procurement officer at Coupa. So he (laughs) pivoted from being a director on the buy side, running a procurement organization, to now being the chief procurement officer at a software company that he implemented. So a couple takeaways from this. First thing is the easiest way to transition to the sell side or the tech side is to become an expert in a platform that your company already uses. Get to know the product inside and out as a user. And then you can pitch and position yourself to that company as a subject matter expert that knows what it's like, what the pains, what the wins, what problems the the software is solving. So you can really build out a solid case about why that company would maybe want to hire you because you're somebody that they're eventually, you know, your ICP, your role is somebody that they're wanting to sell to. So that's a really low-hanging fruit. Look at the software and systems that your companies are are using. Is there any company that you would be interested in working for? And then really get to know that software and that platform. The second thing is build your personal brand. And you want to establish um, yourself as being a subject matter expert and being a thought leader in something. Maybe it's sustainability. Maybe it's supplier management. Maybe it's digital transformation. Whatever that thing is that you love, that makes you happy, that you want to keep doing, become become a thought leader in that space by posting and creating regular content. Consistently post content in the places where these sell-side companies go to get information. For me, when I have focused on building my brand, it's been on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the place where my prospects, my peers, the people that we're working with are on more than any other platform. LinkedIn may not be right for you, but you need to figure out whatever that platform is. Maybe it's TikTok, maybe it's Insta, maybe it's Twitter, maybe it's LinkedIn, but you you need to figure that out. And then post regular content, not once a month, not once a week, You need to get to a point where you're posting daily or very, very consistently. And what that's going to do is people are going to start reading your content. They're going to become interested in your viewpoint and your perspective. And then they may reach out to you and say, love what you're doing, love what you're talking about. You know, we've got a a position that, you know, we think you might be a good fit. So you're kind of turning the pendulum a little bit instead of you having to seek people out that they're going to seek you out and come after you. 
And the third thing, I'm a huge believer in having subject matter experts in a marketing team or within a company that marketing can leverage. So at Source Day, we are very, very lucky. We sell into six ERPs. And each ERP internally is run by a subject matter expert. So I have a subject matter expert for NetSuite. I have a subject matter expert for Sightline, for Epicor. So we have internal people that know the platforms inside and out. So I can go to them when I need content or need help to make sure I'm producing content that's going to be useful for people in that ecosystem. You can also position yourself as a subject matter expert on the buy side that would be beneficial for a company to hire. So you can help their marketing team, you can help their sales team position the messaging and the value prop and the content that's going to be relevant to the people within their ICP. I think that last one you mentioned, Sarah, actually is a massive one because a lot of these procurement and supply chain tech companies actually don't have many subject matter experts in their founding team or in their C-suite. You know, some of them do, but the ones that do tend to be the ones that are that are well known for for being the outliers. You know, it, it shocked me, but but yeah, most of them don't. So I, I very much subscribe to that one. And also, you know, it obviously depends on your own personal and financial situation to some extent, but you don't necessarily have to go out and be an employee. If that's the if that's the route that you're looking to go down and you want to have a little bit more maybe personal freedom or time freedom and you've got a little bit of a runway while you set yourself up you know i had i'm glad that i had one because i set myself up just before covid hit so <laughs> i had to i had to struggle through 2020 but that's often the best way, especially these some of the i mean you you guys closed a 31 million dollar funding round last year you know you, you're obviously scaling up much faster but some of the smaller ones they maybe don't have the capacity to hire someone who's you know been on a procurement executive salary but maybe they have the capacity to hire you one or two days a week and then all you need is another two or three that can do that and and you're paying your bills and by the way when you have your own business you pay a lot less tax what most people don't know yeah, James, you bring up an interesting point with the being a contractor or having your own consulting business. So many, many of my friends are entrepreneurs and have their own companies in the supply chain procurement space. And I would say a couple things. It's very, very important to practice or get some um, experience doing that while you still have a full-time job, if possible. So don't just quit your day job tomorrow and launch a company and think, oh, this is going to be awesome and I'm going to start making a bunch of money. If you have a good job, keep your job and start working on your side hustle on the side. You may learn a lot of things about that business that, hey, maybe it's not a good business model and it's not going to be viable. Or there's just so many things that you're going to learn as you start doing before you just go and quit your job. Um, Second is allow yourself a longer leeway than you think is needed from a cash flow perspective. If you think, okay, well, I'm going to be okay in three months, double or triple that. So have a stockpile of cash and be able to support yourself and your family and just over assume everything because often it takes a lot longer than you think to actually start generating revenue. Yeah. 
word, 100%. (laughs) Made most of those mistakes myself, but (laughs) thankfully got to see the other side. But yeah, you're right. And a lot of the, for anyone that does spend a fair bit of time on LinkedIn, you've probably come across people like Daniel Barnes and Tom Mills that are putting out a lot of content and that do have full-time jobs and are doing it as a side hustle. And I think, I don't know her personally, I think you do, but Dana Small was doing that as well, you know, going back a couple of years back as well. In, in a similar vein. So, so yeah, absolutely. If you've got the mental bandwidth and the time to do it, absolutely. I know it's not hard if, you've, uh, if you're running a household or raising children and you've got a stressful job, but yes, very wise words indeed. Um, just before we round off, let's talk a little bit about Source Day because as I mentioned, you closed a pretty hefty round, $31.5 million of Series C funding just over, I think it was February last year. What does a startup of Source Day's size then typically, without sharing any trade secrets, what would you typically spend that type of investment on? And how does that benefit the end customer, both in terms of reach or product or talent? Just walk us through what what would a founder or a CMO typically then, you get the funding then, what, what, would, that, what would be the next steps in terms of deploying that? So smart founders like ours are going to save a lot of money because you never know when you're going to be in a recession and when it's going to be very, very hard to raise your next round. So first piece of advice is don't go spend all your money. Save as much as possible. Next thing I would say that is a priority for us is building out our product. So we have a very, very niche. um, I would call our, our product, we're very much a category creator working on automating purchase order changes to prevent late part deliveries for manufacturers that you said at the beginning. So we're not going into a space that was created. We kind of created that space ourselves. So we're not going into a market where there's 5 or 10 or 15 other people that have the software that we do. We're the only company that has the solution that we have. We're competing against the status quo and educating people on why they would benefit from or need a solution like ours in the first place. So for us, it's really, really important that we have a product that is super simple and super easy to use. I would say user interface is so important for me or or any user. Just think about what you're used to from an e-commerce perspective, going on and placing orders and getting what you need in your day-to-day life. Your procurement software, your procurement platform should emulate that and should not be so hard to use that you're spending half your time studying and training and try to figure out the platform. So usability and then adding new functionality, really, really important to making sure that we're staying relevant to our customers and potential customers. So that involves things like doing focus groups and interviewing your customers, interviewing prospects. For us, we have a, a, a big part of our business is onboarding and getting suppliers to adopt and use the platform. So going out and doing market research and figuring out what do people want that our software does not currently provide, and then figuring out how to prioritize what do we actually need to build, and then being able to go and build it. So I would say usability and product functionality are super, super important. You want to stay ahead of your competitors or stay the market leader if you are the market leader. And then I would say from a marketing perspective, it's about education, making sure that we have the budget that we need to hire the right marketers and to produce the right content and get it in front of the right eyeballs. 
for us, we're a very education-focused marketing team. We're big on community. So hosting a lot of in-person and virtual events, hosting LinkedIn live shows, hosting podcasts, producing fun, interesting content that's going to add value versus being more of a sales pitch. So investing in that educational demand gen creation is important. And then of course, you want to invest in sales resources so you have the right people having the conversations with your prospects when they're ready to buy. So I believe marketing is about educating the market at scale and sales is having those one-to-one conversations when your prospect is ready to buy. So you need to invest in the education demand gen piece, but you also need to invest in having the right people to have those conversations to close those deals. So it's, it's I would say, product first and a product um, priority for us followed by the education and sales pieces. Yeah, and that's that's really interesting because as you quite correctly alluded to, if you're if you're in a pretty niche space and you don't have much or, or, or any competition and it's more around educating the wider public what you do, the first time we connected and spoke a little bit about what Source Day does, I, I was actually really surprised that you that you only integrate with six ERPs and and you're still very much focused on North America. But it makes a lot of sense because it's not like a source-to-pay platform where pretty much every procurement leader knows or finance leader knows that they need it. This is a lot more niche, isn't it? So it's it's having the right messaging to get into the inboxes or or the or the the content feeds if we're talking LinkedIn of of the exact prospects that you're going after because it's very refined group of prospective buyers that you've got for that platform. So that's that's very insightful as opposed to to other startups that got a bunch of funding and seemingly, you know, whether they'll be successful or not is another question, but seemingly want to go out and conquer the world yesterday ideally. And um, you know, you look around with a bit of cynicism and think, yeah, but how can they do that all at one time if they grow that quick? How can they determine that as you mentioned that that, they, that they've got the right people, they've got the right strategy, they're able to speak in the right tone to the right prospects. So yes, very, very uh, insightful uh, lid off how marketing works in a startup. I would say um, investing in talent is probably the most important thing you can do and encompasses everything I said. To build a better product, to educate the market at scale and to capture the demand in all the different departments, you've got to have the right talent and the right people on your team. Yes. Yeah. 100%. What would you find the most exciting thing about being in the in the procurement and supply chain tech space right now? What it's a bit of a it's a bit of an open question, but you know it could be anything. What inspires you to get out of bed every day right now with market the way it is? So one of the things that I'm actually most excited about is more and more people focusing on building a brand and companies investing in people that have a personal brand and then leveraging that brand for marketing and sales. Yeah, I've seen a couple of examples of that, actually. That, I wasn't expecting you to give that answer. But yes, I, I do see that a lot, lot more. You know, to go back three years and you know, nobody in the influencer space that was going and being uh, you know, a senior marketing person for a, for a software company. But now you are seeing it more and more. Yeah, but completely. Yeah, I would completely concur with that, that it's an interesting trend and... Very curious to see how it will develop. I think I've also seen a really cool shift in the type of people that are being hired on the buy side and the sell side. 
And it's now being realized that you maybe don't need to have 25 or 20 years experience on some specific part or buying some specific item. People are hiring smart business people to into these roles and having a new and different perspective in our industry, I think is, is really um, interesting. And I think we're going to see more of that. Yes, let's wait and see. I, I certainly hope so. So we did a live software demo together back in September where, where, where we did a, a LinkedIn live session and, and we demoed Source Day. I'll link to that in the show notes in case anyone wants to dip their toe in and learn a little bit about the, about the platform uh, asynchronously. If anyone would like to reach out to you or to have a one-on-one conversation with Source Day, where's the best place that we can send them? Probably my LinkedIn. Just type in Sarah Scudder. You'll see the green circle behind my headshot, which is the Source Day Green website is also sourceday.com. And you've also got a podcast too, right? What the Duck. Uh, is that in the usual places where you can find podcasts? All the usual places and on our website and on my LinkedIn profile as well. Fantastic. Sarah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on again and take care. Good luck. And uh, yeah, interested to see uh, where Source Day Day goes next. Thank you. That was Sarah with a bunch of hugely useful value bombs. If you're looking at maybe pivoting your career away from the procurement, day-to-day procurement space and getting more involved in the software space or some of the emerging technologies that are out there. And also really just a, a journey of how you can with an open mind and good networking skills, really carve out the path that you want to go down. Thank you very much again for listening to the show. There are a lot of procurement podcasts out there right now. And we're therefore very, very grateful that you chose to listen to us today. And we will catch you again the same time next week. Until then, take care and bye for now.